Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Welcome to the Build to Last workshop series. I am so excited that you are tuning in and joining me for this very special four-part episode series. So I want you to get ready to do some real work with me. This is a workshop-style podcast series, so definitely grab your pen, a peeper, and don't forget your workbook to download from the show notes. So while you're getting those items, let me share with you the reasoning behind this series. And again, if you are listening to this while you're doing other things, that's totally fine. You could definitely listen in. The implementation of this content and training really, really comes into effect when you can pause and actually follow along in the workbook or take notes. So just as a disclaimer before we get started. So last month, I held my live event called the Summit of Excellence. And while reflecting about the incredible leadership training and connections and relationships that we built during this experience, I really reflected on my desire to continue to deliver more powerful trainings to up-level, to give the school leaders the confidence, the decision-making skills, and some more of that just strategic level of thinking and practical strategies for their center. There are so many of you who were not able to attend the in-person event, and the in-person event is really just a very different type of experience. And so this This is why I'm releasing this Build to Last workshop series. So over the course of these four episodes, you are going to learn how to shift your mindset with vital decision-making skills. We're going to talk about how to manage your time more efficiently, right? How to manage your energy and your time so you can get more done and understand the priorities that you need to work on in your center. We're going to talk about how to continue to build your legacy with your school culture and how to get better at navigating conflict. So again, this is a four part series every single week over the next four weeks, we're going to be digging into another specific area. So I'm excited to dig in. Let's get started. Today, we're going to be talking 
about inner team conflict and about understanding why conflict and understanding how to navigate conflict is such a foundational component of your skills and who you're going to be as a leader. So let's start talking a little bit about conflict here. I had a conversation yesterday with an owner. She owns about, I think it's six locations. And one of the things that she shared with me was how much time she spends working on solving teachers' problems. She's navigating them. She's answering them. She's fielding requests, all of these things. And one of the things that's really important to remember, because, you know, we look at the data all the time. Our company is data-driven. We look at the data. And directors and owners spend an average of four hours a day fielding interruptions and solving problems from teachers. Four hours a day. Now that you, this is data. Like we get the data from our directors. They give us their input of their time tracking and all that kind of stuff. Like this is hard data. I want to hear from you. Does that sound like truth for you? Like if you went and did the exercise and did the data, do you think that's how it would come up for you? Four hours a day solving problems, navigating conflict, fielding interruptions, all of that stuff. So here's the thing that's important to remember. Conflict, navigating conflict is 90% of your job as a leader. So whether or not it's interruption or not, you're constantly navigating conflict. Your email are full of questions and conflict, right? So many times people view conflict as something bad. Conflict is, it is. Don't look at it as a good or bad. It just is. And if you look at conflict from a component of this is part of the ingredients of building a school, you will navigate it like a pro with grace, with empathy, with accountability. Awesome. Yes. And it sounds so exhausting because it is. If I spent four hours a day doing that, I basically wouldn't work because I only work 25 hours a week. So if I spent 20 hours a week fielding interruptions and issues, I basically wouldn't work. And this is why so many school leaders before they join our directors in our circle are working 17, 18 hour days, 70 hour work weeks, staying in the evening, because that's when they get their work done. Because during the work hours, they can't work. They're busy managing conflict. They're busy fielding interruptions. And it's crazy. It's crazy. And so today we're going to learn about how to start solving that. So many leaders tell me that, you know, I don't have time to do this and I don't have time to go watch a webinar. I don't have time to listen to a problem. And I said, okay, but you do have time to solve problems all day. Do you have time to never take a vacation? Do you have time to always answer questions on the weekends and on your holidays? Because you have time for that. So what if we swapped that? What if we said, I'm going to use the time to learn a training so that I could go take a three-day vacation? You're using the time in one way or another. You're using the time in one way or another. The question is, how are you using it? And I say this to every single person. The devil you know is better than the devil that you don't. We stay complacent. We stay where we are because we are terrified about what happens over there. And here's something shocking for you to understand. Success is just as scary as failure, just so you know. And for those of you that are watching this that have already achieved certain levels of success, you know what I mean. In our CEO legacy group, where we have CEOs of multiple centers, their fears are not fear of failure. They've done failure a thousand times. It's the fear of success. Success is also scary. Am I going to maintain that level of success? What if I lose that success? Success is just as scary as failure. The problem is, is that many times we haven't tasted enough success, so we're so scared of failure. But both of them are scary. And that's why you have to learn how to embrace it. 
embrace the uncertainty, embrace the chaos, embrace the not knowing and stop trying to look for reassurance and certainty all the time. Success is just as scary as failure. And I know for many of you that are watching, it sounds insane. You're like, are you crazy? Success is amazing. Success is amazing. And it has its scary parts. It has its scary parts. So let's go into page 19 of the workbook where we have conflict. There are four types of conflict. The four types of inner team conflict are task-based conflict, leadership conflict, work style conflict, and personality clashes. These are the four types of conflict. And what's really important to understand is when you're navigating conflict, it's critical to understand which type of conflict you're up against. Because if you don't know the type of conflict you're trying to navigate, you're going to solve the wrong problem. I always give the example of two people that come into a doctor's office and both of them have a headache. And as the doctor starts asking questions, he starts realizing this person has a headache because of a hangover. He had one too many hamburgers and beers last night. And this person actually is on the verge of a brain aneurysm. Two very different prescriptions of how to help them. He needs a hot shower and a bed for 12 hours. This person needs immediate surgery. Same symptoms, right? They both have a headache. So conflict can look like it's all the same. But if you don't understand which type of conflict you're dealing with, you're going to try to solve the conflict in a way that doesn't make sense. You're going to give the conflict a nap when it needs a surgery. And this is one of the biggest bottlenecks of success for leaders. They solve the wrong problem. They take strategy from other people, from free Facebook groups, from sharing advice. I saw someone post in the comment, hey, can I pick someone's brain here? No, you can't pick anyone's brain. Go hire a coach. Go get mentorship. Don't pick people's brains. It's very expensive. I don't let anyone pick my brain. My brain is very expensive. I spent two decades pouring into my brain. You cannot pick it. This is an opportunity where you get to get a glimpse into what I have to share with you. You cannot pick people's brains. It's disrespectful. It's not nice. Don't do it. When I was a director and teachers would come in and say, can I pick your brain? I would say, I need you to phrase that differently. Come in and say, hey, can I ask you for some advice? I'm struggling with something. Absolutely. I'm happy to give you advice. Don't pick my brain. So, and I'm sharing that as a total side note, just again, as a director, as a leader, if you've invested a lot in yourself, in your skill, in who you are, in your knowledge, don't just give out your stuff. Be mindful about who you give your energy to, okay? It's nice to share. And it's also nice for people to step up and learn how to take care of themselves and be accountable. And you can't just smooch off of other people all the time. It's not okay. So I'm sharing that because it's part of accountability. It's part of conflict. And it's part of task-based conflict. So let's go into that. What is task-based conflict? Task-based conflict is when there is a difference of how do we complete this task? How does this thing actually happen. Meaning, you know, nobody teaches you in your master's degree or your bachelor's degree or any of that kind of stuff how to hold yourself accountable and how to hold other people accountable. I know because I have a bachelor's in education. I have a master's in early childhood. I have a master's in special ed. And I also took a school leadership building course. And none of them taught me how to hold people accountable. That is why I created the Directors Inner Circle. That is why I created the Owners HQ, our two flagship programs, because none of the leadership 
leadership programs taught you the skills and the mindset and the tools needed to hold people accountable, how to be disciplined, how to not have shiny object syndrome, how to follow through with your team and make sure they're hitting their goals. You think that people are just supposed to know how to be accountable? How should you know how to do it if no one trained you? How should you know how to run a classroom with 15 kids if nobody taught you how to manage multiple requests in one second, not in a minute, multiple requests in a second from toddlers? How is a teacher supposed to do that without getting overwhelmed if she was never trained? If she was never trained, you have to be taught how to navigate conflict. I just onboarded a new team member. And in the interview, one of the things I told her is we have difficult conversations in our company. That is part of what we do here. We navigate conflict, we make mistakes, and we have difficult conversations. How many of you have ever said that to someone, to a teacher who's coming in for an interview and telling her, this is part of what we do here. You're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes and we have difficult conversations so that we can come together. I said that in the interview, I was looking at her body language, her eye contact and her facial expressions. I wanted to know how does she think about making mistakes? How does she think about difficult conversations? Because here's the hard truth. She's going to make mistakes and I'm going to have difficult conversations with her. It is ludicrous to believe that your teacher will never make mistakes and you'll never have to have difficult conversations and there won't be any conflict. Are you crazy? Of course there's going to be. That's part of the job. It's like the infant teacher saying, I don't change diapers. You're in an infant room. They wear diapers. It's like a four-year-old teacher saying, I don't want to deal with clicks. You're in the four-year-old classroom. I don't know how to deal with kids who, you know, use swear words. You're in the five-year-old room. Welcome. So we make mistakes. We have difficult conversations and we navigate conflict here. This is what we do here. So it's understanding task-based conflict. So there's a distinction that it's really important to understand that you are the cap of everything that happens in your school. So if you want to train staff on conflict, if you want them to know how to deal with conflict, if you want them to know how to deal with task-based conflict, you have to learn how to do that. So let's explain this a little bit deeper, okay? Different teacher, you have two teachers, they all need something, right? And one teacher doesn't submit it on time and it affects your work. And so a lot of times people are struggling with teachers submitting things on time and it delays other people. And so many times you want this teacher to submit this report and then she's waiting on this person to do that or parents need to see this progress or this is happening. And a lot of times I hear from owners, we're very low on budget. And I'm like, guess what? Do you know how much money you hemorrhage every single day by not completing tasks on time. You only get rewarded for work that actually goes out into the world. You don't get the grant unless the grant actually goes out and you submit it. You don't get the funding unless you actually submit it. You don't get to do any of that. And when you get interrupted a thousand times and you have to navigate conflict and your teachers aren't submitting progress reports so parents don't know what's going on, parents aren't sending you referrals, they're not doing, they're going to leave, you have low parent retention. You have to look at the bigger picture, not just with your head in the sand of like, oh, again, this teacher didn't submit her deadline. So I'm going to show you, going to give you a little glimpse here into our directors in our circle portfolio right here. So this is our membership area right over here. So our members, when they join our directors in our circle... When our directors join, they get access to their portfolio. And this is our meet the deadline framework right here. We have a training video on the meet the deadline framework on how to help teachers meet their deadlines. And then we have a PDF that helps teachers break down every single type of deadline that they need to hit, whether that's submitting a newsletter, whether that's submitting a progress report, whatever it is, we have a framework that helps 
you do that. So that's something that you get access to when you join our directors in our circle. And I'm going to be talking more about that towards the end over here as well. So that is the first type of conflict. Let's talk about the next type of conflict. The next type of conflict is leadership conflict. Now, in case you haven't recognized, I have a very direct approach to leadership. I'm very direct. I'm very straightforward. I don't give hints. I don't beat around the bush. I had someone come stay in my house a little bit ago. And over the couple of weeks before she stayed, she kept dropping hints about me taking her to the airport. I don't do hints. If you want something, you need to ask me. I do not pick up on hints. Not because I didn't see the that she was hinting, but because I'm not going to respond to a hint. You're a grown up. I don't do that. You need to ask. You know, to ask something, ask me directly. Don't don't drop hints. And so she kept dropping hints and dropping hints. And finally, we're like two hours before she has to go. And she's still dropping these hints about me taking her to the airport. Finally, I looked at her and I said, are you trying to ask me if I could take you to the airport? She's like, oh, whatever. Like, if it would be okay, like, that would be really great if you could take me. And I said, no, I actually can't take you. My schedule's all booked up. I said, however, I would like to tell you because I do like helping people. The next time you come, if you ask me in advance, I'm happy to see if I can work around my schedule and possibly take you. Right now, my schedule is already all booked up. She goes, oh, I asked you two weeks ago. I said, you didn't ask me. You dropped hints. I don't do hints. Ask me directly. Now, you might be looking this in harm being, oh my God, you're such a terrible person. No, I'm actually a really kind person. I'm very kind and I'm very clear. And when you need something, I will move mountains and hell and high water to get it for you when you're in my inner circle. Do not drop hints. I don't do it. I'm very, 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 very direct. Now, for some people, they're like, oh my God, I could never work for someone like you. That's fine, right? I can't help everyone. This is why when members fill out applications to join our inner circle, a big part of what we're doing on the call is them assessing, do they like my style of coaching? Do they like the direct approach? Do they like the realness and the no nonsense and the no BS? Some people don't want that. They want to be coddled and grandmothered and sugarcoated. That's fine. That's not That's not us. Now, the reason you need to understand that type of conflict is because many times your leadership style conflicts with your staff. You might be all the hinty person who's dancing around and giving a thousand hints and the person's like, just say it. Just tell me what you need. Also, just so you know, hinting and dancing around costs you millions of dollars a year. Millions. Just say it. Instead of taking five hours hinting, it could take you 30 seconds to say, hey, can you please do this? As opposed to spending five hours hinting it and writing in a text and adding a bunch of emojis and then sending this and then sending that. And are you kidding me? Guys, this is real stuff. Like we have people that are really doing this. And I know that there's someone in this audience right now that does that. Stop it. It's five hours that you just wasted. Say it in 60 seconds. Be direct, be clear, be kind. It's a component of conflict that really, really, really disrupts schools. Be direct. Stop giving hints. Be kind. Be clear. We're worried that our directness is coming off as not nice. If you're worried about being not nice, what you actually need to work on is the gratitude matrix, not hinting better. You need to work on your gratitude, which is episode three of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Be direct, be clear, be kind, give gratitude. People ask for direct feedback. When people ask for feedback, what a lot of people actually mean is, I want words of affirmation. There's a difference between feedback and words of affirmation. Words of affirmation is a type of gratitude. I talk about that in the podcast and the gratitude matrix. Feedback is, let me talk to you about your performance. Let me give you some feedback 
on how you're showing up and how you can improve. So yes, there are many people that get offended by feedback. For me, feedback is a gift. When my people give me feedback, I give them tremendous gratitude and appreciation. I actually send them voice memos and thank them for giving me feedback so I can be a better leader. When I model this, my people do the same. When I give my team members feedback, they thank me. They don't get offended. They thank me for the feedback. But again, it's the ripple effect. So the first question you want to ask yourself is, what is your response to feedback? If someone were to give you feedback on your performance, how would you respond to that? Would you get insulted? Would you get offended? I don't get insulted by feedback. I absolutely love it. Here's the only feedback I don't like. Internet crazy trolls. I delete, 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 delete. They're trolls. You don't listen to trolls feedback. You listen to feedback from mentors, from coaches who love you and care about you and want you to rise up. Let's go on to the next one. Work style conflict. We all have different type of work styles. But here is what is important to remember when it comes to work style conflict. You have some people that say things like, I just come late. I'm just not a morning person. It's really hard for me to keep schedule on the time. So, so sorry I'm late for my break again. I really ran as fast as I could. You know, transitions are just really difficult for me. So you just take the lead. This is where work style conflict comes into play. I understand that these are your things that are going on in your personal life. And this is how we do things in our company. In our company, you have a 30 minute break, which means your break ends at 1.30, not at 1.32, not at 1.35. It ends at 1.30, which means if it takes you five minutes to clean up your lunch and use the ladies room, that means you need to start ending your break at 1.25 so that by 1.30, you're in the classroom. This is called time management training. It is teaching your staff how to budget their time. But if you don't know how to do that, you cannot teach your staff how to do that. I have done this with teachers who consistently struggled with coming five minutes late back from their break every single day. And it creates tremendous animosity in the classroom. And I sat down with a teacher, Becca, and I said, listen, Every single day, you come back from your break five minutes late. Walk me through what your break looks like. And she's like, well, I do this and da, da, da. And then, you know, when I'm done with my break, I clean up my lunch and I go use the restroom and then I come back. And I said, great. On average, how many minutes do you think it takes to wrap up your lunch and use the ladies room? She took about five minutes. I said, okay, well, if you need to be back in the classroom by 1.30, when do you think you should start the cleanup restroom process? She's like, well, I should start at 1.25, but 1.25, it's still in the middle of my break. And I said, yes, but if you start start cleaning up at 1.30, that means your break is until 1.35. And it's not, it's until 1.30. And so she literally did not understand that the break ends at 1.30 when all parts of your break are done. Not the break ends at 1.30. And now I start cleaning up and using the restroom. No, you're in the classroom at 1.30. That's a huge difference. Many people don't understand that. And here's what something else I want to tell you. Many teachers will never come forward and tell you that because they feel they're being petty over five minutes. Here's what I want to tell you. Five minutes, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day 20, day 60, day 80, day 100. Diane, I'm out. Not coming back. Why not? Well, you know, this reason, this reason, no reasons. You know why she's not coming back? Because she's fed up with her coworker who every single day comes in five minutes late from her break and she's done. She's done. She feels like she's carrying the load and it's too much. Guys, these stories are real. They happen for real. 
This is why you need to understand conflict. This is why you need to get into the classrooms. So how many of you have a system for classroom observations? How many of you have a system for actually assessing teachers' performance and how they're actually doing in the classroom? So let me share what we have here. So over here, this is something called the six performance keys. If you're an owner and a director, director, regional director, VP of operations, doesn't matter your role in the school. One of the things that we crave most in our leadership is accountability. As you move up in the rungs of leadership, there's really less and less accountability because there's less people that you're responsible to report to, especially when you're in the highest rings where you're the owner, there's very little accountability. You don't really have to answer to anyone. You call all the shots. And while there's a lot of privilege in that, there's also a downside in really having to hunt for your own levels of accountability, for your own way to motivate yourself and get yourself inspired. And it could feel very lonely up there. You're looking for a camaraderie, for a community, for people just to link arms and surround yourself with. And it's one of our secret sauces in our directors in our circle and our owners HQ program where members are constantly talking about how the accountability has been a game changer for them. So I wanna introduce you to one of our members, Ellie Estrin, who runs a school in Atlanta, Georgia. She's been a member for many years and she shares her experience of how the accountability continues to transform her leadership and her school. The accountability yeah. and the consistency of the group that there's always something ongoing and there's always a challenge or something that we're a, a sprint that we're doing and that kind of was always my hook that kept me going so there would be like times where I might fall under the radar and then there would be a sprint and I'd be like oh no I'm getting back on this <laughs> <laughs> keep it keep yes. going and it would keep my motivation and keep me um, focused and being proactive the way that I really want to be proactive and having the opportunity for the sessions that we call in or if I missed one to be able to really watch them that was so helpful for me um, and to be able to implement changes that I wanted to implement for so long and to have the support from everybody else and including Hani especially to have that support and to have just all the opportunities to do that. You may have nodded your head with joy of like yes I need accountability I want the consistency I want a group of people that I can lean on and I want you to know that's a very basic human need to want accountability and community and just to have those relationships where you can lean on people and people can lean on you and you're part of a community where you can contribute where you can ask for what you need where you can take what you need so i really want to encourage you to apply for the directors in her circle or the owners hq just to explain a little bit of the difference between our two programs the directors in our circle are for the directors the assistant directors our owners hq program is really for people that are owners, VP of operations, regional managers, people who have a lot of the ownership responsibility, and then also for owners as well. We have our separate program for owners only, which is our CEO legacy group, which is for CEOs who run and operate multiple centers. Um, that's a separate kind of a private only invitation only experience. So I'd love for you to join us in the Directors Inner Circle or our Owners HQ. You could click the link in the show notes to apply, learn more about the program, see if you're a fit, and then you and I will jump on a quick call together and learn more about your goals, learn more about what you're looking for, and see if this is the right program for you for this coming year. This is one of the tools that we give you when you join our directors in our circle. The six performance keys are assessing the six key areas that every teacher needs to improve in, every teacher needs to improve in to become a teacher of excellence. And that is classroom management, that is children relationships, 
standards, teacher communication, personal relationships, and parent relationships. And so every 30, 60, 90 days, we assess their performance. And so there's questions that the teachers need to answer. Classroom management, children relationship, standards, teacher communication, personal care, parent communication, and then it assesses their performance. Based on their performance, then we're able to set a plan with the teacher. And we're able to help the teacher grow and accelerate. So teacher might be struggling with task-based conflict, with inter-team conflict, with workplace conflict, with personality clashes, all the things. And running a proper diagnostic can really help her, can really, really help her. So this is one of our trademarks. It's called the six performance keys assessment. After you perform the assessment, we have a training on classroom observations, what to look at. We have an entire framework of how to follow so that you can actually conduct the classroom observation. We have a training video on how to train yourself to run a classroom observation. So give me an emoji in the comments if you're like, oh my gosh, I need that. I need the six performance keys. I need the classroom observation checklist. I need the meet the deadline framework. I need these systems and processes. Because here's what I want to tell you. Reinventing the wheel is hours and hours and hours of your time. Hours. We've already done it. Okay. We've already done it. So now let's go into the next part here when it comes to conflict. I want you to think about when you think about showing up with your staff, when you think about communicating with them, when you think about talking to them, I want you to pick one word. I want you to pick one word over here on page 29. How do you want to show up in those difficult conversations? When you have to talk to teachers about any of the stuff that we shared here today, how do you want to show up? Do you want to show up as courageous, kind, intentional, thoughtful, gracious, confident, bold, articulate? How do you want to show up? How do you actually want to show up in difficult conversations? Because here's what's important to remember. When you decide how you want to show up, then you come within community and the community helps you show up that way. The community holds you accountable. Part of saying I want to show up confident is also saying who's going to hold me accountable to that? Because here's what you are. You are a human, which means you are humanly fallible to mistakes, which means you are humanly fallible to shiny objects, to distraction, to overwhelm, to craziness, which means you're not going to always show up confident. You can't even show up confident even 90% of the time unless you have accountability. You need someone to remind you what your goals are. You need people to hold you accountable to that because you can say, oh, I want to do this, but then life gets in the way and then you give excuses of why you didn't do it. When really it's not about excuses, it means you need more accountability in your life. You need community. So the last Two strategies I want to share here with you. And then I'm going to talk to you more about the director's inner circle and the owner's HQ forever wants to stay on is two important strategies. One is our scripts book so that we actually give you two sample script um, on page 29 and on page 30. We have a script of how to deal with teachers with inner team conflict. And we have a script of meeting with someone who clings to old beliefs. We also have 40 other scripts that are available in our scripts workbook that you can get access to. You could go to Hani.me slash scripts. I'll ask the advisors to do that as well. You could go to Hani.me slash scripts to get access to our scripts workbook. The other strategy that I want to share with you is our two option solution. And this is one that leaders have adopted all across the globe. We have clients in Vietnam, in Italy, in Australia, in Canada, in America, all over that have implemented our two option solution. So I want to share with you what that is when it comes to creating 
a culture where you can navigate conflict with confidence and grace. So when staff come to you with a problem that they need your help with to solve, instead of immediately solving the problem, you can say, please come to me with two options of how you think we should solve the problem. The reason you want to tell them that is because you need to learn more about how their brain works and their specific competency level. You will never know a teacher's true competency level unless she actually talks and tells you. Here's my idea of how we should solve the snack issue. And she gives you an idea and you're like, oh my gosh, that's the way her brain thinks? Vazemir, we got to figure this out. We need some training on this. So many times I see in free groups, people will see things like, what is everyone doing for their first staff meeting of the year? What is everyone teaching on? What? And I'm like, what do your teachers need help with? Where are you getting the data from? Are you asking them these questions? Are you tracking what teachers are saying in their two option solution? Alex Burnath, who is the owner of Nourish Learning Center in Ohio, she actually, we did an interview with her on the podcast Stories of Resilience. So if you want to learn more about her, you could check out the podcast. One of the things that she did is the two option solution. And she actually created a spreadsheet to track what her teacher said when they try to solve their own problems. Like when she said, hey, so how do you think we should solve this? She would track what they wrote because then she would look at the data and then the data would tell her what kind of professional development she needed. I remember I spoke with a director about a year and a half ago who brought in conscious discipline to come train her staff. And so she said, oh, I'm bringing in conscious discipline to come train my staff. You know, I can't join the director's inner circle at this time. So I reached out back to her about six to nine months later and I said, hey, you know, how's your school culture doing? You know, how has everything been since implementing conscious discipline? And she's like, oh, don't ask. It's been such a waste of money. My teachers are not following through. Like I keep trying to motivate them, but they're not doing it. And I said, listen, I'm going to tell you feedback now, some hard truth. Your teachers cannot implement anything that you invest in them if you do not know how to hold people accountable. You don't know how to do that. That is not a skill you have. So you took 10 grand, invested in conscious discipline, and flushed it down the toilet because you don't know how to hold people accountable. When you learn that, every investment you make in your staff will have an ROI. So the first person you need to invest in is you. The reason leaders don't invest in themselves is because then they actually have to do the work. When you invest in your teachers and it doesn't work, it's, oh, well, this and oh, well, this and this teacher, that. It's very easy to shift blame as opposed to when you invest in yourself and you're not seeing results. Now it's like one second. I need to show up better. I need to do this more. And that's scarier. And so that's why so many leaders invest thousands of dollars in their teachers and don't invest in themselves. You are the cap to everything that happens in your school. The moment you stop growing, everything stops in your school. Everything. I invest hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in myself and my leadership so I can do the best for my team. The largest percentage of our budget of professional development goes to me, to me, not because I'm being selfish, but because I know when I invest in me, it impacts my entire team. I pour thousands of dollars into my coaching and training because that helps my team. I invest tons in my team. We have tons of training that I give the team, but the largest percentage of the budget goes to the leader. And in schools, it's flipped on its head and it has to stop. The bigger percentage of the budget needs to go to the leader. When you grow 
everything changes after everything, everything. And it's a massive mindset shift because for decades and generations, we've invested everything in the staff. Think about even just in the context of marriage and families, we pour everything into the kids. The kids get the new shoes. The kids get the new clothes. The kids get the new sports. The kids get the new coaches. The kids get the new everything. And what do the parents get? Same old, same old, same old. If you've been getting everything same old and you give everything to the teachers, right? The teachers get new markers. You're still using a pen that's got like seven inches of ink left. The teachers get new something. You're still sitting at the same chair that's wobbling away. The teachers get this. You still are sitting in this thing. Everything is for the teachers. And what do you do? I'm so good. I'm such a good leader. I take such good care of my teachers. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want to take good care of your teachers? Take care of you. Take care of you. Pour into you. Help yourself think better. Be wiser. Be smarter. Surround yourself with community. Stop trying to carry everything by yourself. Get coaching and training. And the ripple effect will be one that you cannot even fathom how amazing it's going to be. Yes, Larissa, it's so true. You guys get same old. And that is why what's happening in your school is same old, same problems, same issues. They ain't going to change until you change. Right now, I think about how I tell my teachers, you have to take care of yourself before you take care of the children. So this is a great quote. I had an interview with Simon Sinek about three years ago. Your job is to take care of the teachers so they can take care of the children. Your job is to take care of the teachers so they can take care of the children. But the first thing is your job is to take care of yourself so you can take care of the teachers. So our directors in our circle and our owners HQ program are our flagship programs that help direct and owners learn the skills, the training, the coaching, the guidance, the accountability, the role playing and the mentorship to build a school of excellence. In order to build and sustain excellence, you need all components. And on Monday, I'm going to be talking more about the six types of support. But in short, it's coaching, mentoring, training, accountability, role playing and community. You need all of them. And so if you over the last four days have lit a spark inside of yourself, you're like, there's more here. There's more for me. There's more opportunity. There is hope for me to step up out of the survival trap and truly become a leader of excellence then this is the place for you. I'm going to walk you through what is actually in our membership so you can see what it's all about. Every single person who joins is scared. If you're not scared, you're probably not a good fit. Everyone who joins is scared because you're going, you're taking a leap of faith. You're doing something you've never done before. So being scared is actually a good thing. It means you care. It means you're excited about what's next. So let me show you what's here inside our membership. Right when you come inside over here, this is our membership platform. This is one component of the program. It's the training component. So over here, we have our roadmap. These are the five stages to build and grow your school. Many of you, right when you join, are going to be in these two stages, either in survival or disorder. In each of these sections, we have very specific training that we work you through to help you develop skills to take you to the next level. So let's say, for example, when you join, you assess and you see, hey, I'm in the disordered phase. Well, if you're an owner, you're going to get access to the content in our owner's program. If you're a director, you're going to see here all of the trainings that you're going to work through as a director. So for example, we have our training on how to run effective meetings. That is a critical skill that we teach you when you join. Our meet the deadline framework, our roles and responsibilities training. All of these are trainings, content for you to learn and give over to your staff. So this is the training part. All the stuff over here is our training part. Then we go over here to our resources section. Our resources section is our grab and goes. 
These are our difficult conversation templates, our appreciation guides, all of our templates that you can just download our conflict standards, just download and have available for you. So you can stop reinventing the wheel. How many of you spend hours, hours prepping for staff development, prepping for a meeting, prepping for something? Everything is here and ready for you. So this is another component of the program. This is another component of the uh, the membership. The other thing that's really critical to know to sense if you're a good fit and if you want to apply for the director's inner circle is if you are thinking about, I need help with my time management. I want to create a calendar. I want to build a great culture. I want to learn how to hold people accountable. I don't know how to do it. I don't know the steps. We have the steps. Step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, go here. And at every step of the way, there's check-ins, accountability, and coaching. So I'll explain to you what I mean. When you go watch a training, after you watch it, guess what you're going to have? Questions. Because every time you learn something new, you have questions. Our head of community is going to check in with you. Every two weeks, she checks in with every member. And she's going to say, hey, Kaylee, how are you doing? Did you get a chance to watch this in this training? Do you need any help? A real person, not an automated monkey, a real person is going to send you a message and ask you, hey, Renee, did you get a chance to do this? And then you'll respond. Here's where I'm stuck. Here's where I need more help. That's accountability. But it's not just reminding you to do it. It's also there as a support. We had a director yesterday who called Sarah and she's like, I'm just having a really difficult day. And Sarah's like, no problem. I cleared my calendar. Let's jump on a 15 minute call. Sometimes we just need a vent. Sometimes we just need a listening ear. Sometimes we just need to know we're not crazy and we're not alone. That's what the community is for, to celebrate wins with you. The other component of the program is coaching calls with me. So this is we do once a month where you can come on and ask your questions and get coached on challenges, on roadblocks. It's where I do scripting and you get to hear what other directors are going through. 95% of the time they're going through either something you've already gone through or something that you're going to go through or something that you're currently navigating. And so hearing how I coach other directors through the challenge is priceless. We have people that have never been able to come live due to time zone differences and watch the recording and have gotten transformational results from just the coaching calls. Yes, Laura, real person checking in every two weeks. We're also going to feel like we do our check-ins through screens a lot more than we used to. Yes, a real person checking in with you. How are you, Laura? Now let's talk about insider shares. Insider shares are when current members share systems, processes, and frameworks that they're currently working on and they share it with you guys. So for example, we did a training on handbook creation, how to update handbooks, how to create a parent handbook, how to create the teacher handbook. We had a training on how to run 360 reviews, how to create an art supply system, how to talk to parents. These are coming from real directors, from real owners who are currently running centers, who are sharing strategies that are currently working in their center and they share it with you guys. So those happen every once in a while. Sarah will ask a director, hey, do you want to share your system? And then we'll do a training on that. So that is insider shares, insider knowledge to what's happening. So instead of you trying to have to figure out where do I even start with this handbook? Great, we have something to help you. If you're like, okay, this is amazing. Where do I go to learn more information? This is an application only process. The reason for that is because this is a curated group of directors and owners. So we have two groups. One is for directors and one is for owners and it's curated. We are very,
very selective about who comes in because we can only help a certain amount of people and we want to help people that are committed to their growth. So you can go to Hani.me slash join the DIC to read more about it, to see the testimonials, to see the case studies and to fill out an application. And so the reason I'm sharing this all with you is because this is the giant school incubator. Everything that you need for your center to grow your center is here from a leadership side, from the leadership side, from the human side, from the connection side. So if you're really struggling with enrollment right now, and that is like deep, heavy on your side, you may want to think about, is this really the program for you? Because what we really focus on over here is leadership, mindset, time, training, culture, all of that development. We also help every once in a while when someone's struggling with that. But if that's your key focus, if you're like, I got to fill spots, I got to fill spots. And that's the only thing you can think about. There's a ton of resources on that. We have some additional trainings. But if you're looking to become a leader, if you're looking for training on the six performance keys, on classroom management, on all of these things that I shared, please fill out an application. I invite you to apply. I invite you to check it out. And let's see if you're a good fit. I'm going to be completely candid and honest. When I get on the phone with you, I'll ask you a couple questions. I'll be able to quickly assess if you're a good fit and I'll let you know. Yes, I can help you. Come join. Or no, I can't help you. This is not the right fit. You know, here's where you can go next. So definitely the cost, it depends which uh, program you're joining. That is why we ask you to fill out an application first. In the application, you'll be able to see more about the investment and you'll be able to self-select also if it's the right fit and we'll be able to tell you that as well. So that is as far as the investment goes. Again, if you want to build your school of excellence, you want our training, our support, our community, our coaching, our advising, please go to Khani.me slash join the DIC to apply and we'll let you know if you're a good fit to join us. Thanks so much for joining me. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.